Okay, you could just see. you could just tell me which which answers are correct. No, son, no tutul. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You have selfish, ignorant citizens. You're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee deep in a pool of stagnation. Ah, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome to Objectively Incorrect. My name is Stephen Smith. I'm joining in studio with one of my good friends, Sherry, Mrs. Sherry Stewart. I didn't say mistress, I said missus. <laughs> Mrs. Sherry Stewart Ben. She's a lawyer, full-time mom, full-time, not mistress, missus. Full-time missus. Sherry, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Please pronounce your name for the, the jury and, and everybody here. It's Sherry. Sherry Stewart Ben. Sherry. Yes, Sherry. From calling her Sherry. To charade, to charade. charade. I was just, I, I think, I think it was just. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about um, um, society. We're going to be talking about um, pedophilia, to some extent. We're going to be talking about um, victim shaming in our community, um, and how sometimes it's a, it's very difficult as a woman to come out, or as a man to come out when you've been sexually abused. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be a good conversation today. I think think this is gonna be loaded. It's gonna be loaded. There's a lot of feelings here. It's a lot of feelings here. But before we even get into that, we're gonna have to do a fact and fiction section. And this one is actually um on divorce. So we're gonna see how much Sherry knows about <laughs> divorce. Divorce in general. In general, in the entire world. Oh. It's statistics, it's not even law-based. Well, maybe not really. Ready? Mm-hmm. And for this one, I'm going to give you seven questions instead, seven statements instead of the regular schmegular five. I wonder why. I feel like you can handle it. <laughs> All right, number one. The United States has the highest rate of divorce in the world. The United States has the highest rate of divorce in the entire world. True or false? Mm. That's, a, that's a tricky question. It's very tricky. I don't think it's true. Think it's false? Yeah. It is false. The United States has a 46% divorce rate, while Luxembourg has a divorce rate of 87%. Wow, that's crazy. They only have 500,000 people, by the way, but they have a divorce rate of 87%. Yo, it's funny. And the thing is, it's weird because their divorces, the majority of them happen between the ages of 40 and 49. When they've already lived? I don't think you've lived oh. your entire life at 40. I, mean, I think you get a redo at 40. Like, but maybe they want to restart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, I, I get fed up with this. I had enough of this. I had enough, <laughs> I had of, enough you. of you. Yeah, let's get rid of this. Right? <laughs> Number two. A 99-year-old man divorced his 96-year-old wife after 77 years of marriage because he discovered an affair she had in the 1940s. A 99-year-old man divorced his 96-year-old mm-hmm. wife after 77 years of marriage because he discovered an affair that she had in the 1940s truffles. Men are like that. I'd say true. 100% true. <laughs> yeah, you're batting 100. You got to be here you know me. I'm going to switch up my cadence a little bit to see if we can make this a little bit more difficult for you. Number three. First marriages that end in a divorce usually last approximately eight years. 
First marriages that end in divorce usually last approximately eight years. True or false? That's a tricky one. Mm, I'd say true. It's true. <laughs> did you? Did I send this to you? I, I, I have it on email. I feel like you've tapped me email. Uh, anyway, number yeah. four. Divorce is illegal in the Philippines. Divorce is illegal in the Philippines. True or false? In the Philippines? I don't know that one. That's probably false, though. It's true. First one, man. <laughs> Switch up that cadence. Number five. WhatsApp is cited in nearly half of all Italian divorce proceedings. WhatsApp is cited in nearly half of all Italian divorce proceedings. True or false? True. One hundred percent true. You know that. You know that. You, you because they, I, we use it here, so I oh, figured it probably snap. could be true. Yeah, evidence. Really? Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Remember, if you say I had an affair, yeah. that's that's literally evidence that you said it to me, and it could be used in, in divorce proceedings. Wow. So you gotta be. You gotta be. You gotta yeah. Be. You gotta be careful with the voice notes and all the things that you say. Man. Oh man. <laughs> I gonna I gonna start to call. Hey, listen, I got something to say, and <laughs> I don't want it to be used be against me. The call. So there is an app that allows you to record calls. Playing that so. app. Yeah. I'm gonna scratch out that. We just say uh, scratching. I don't want people to know that crap. When I call and they start recording me. <laughs> well, I'm gonna give you a discount of thirty percent. No, I can't give you a discount. But you said you could do it. I can't use the <laughs> All right, number six. Kenya has the lowest divorce rate in the world. Kenya has the lowest divorce rate in the world. True or false? True. False. <laughs> the lowest divorce rate in the world is in India. India? Yes, they have one in a hundred marriages in India and in divorce. One of the lowest rates in the world. It's, it makes lowest. sense. Um, the law for Hindus and other registered under the special marriage law makes it difficult to get a divorce unless both partners give their consent. If a partner objects, the other has to prove allegations such as adultery, cruelty, mm -hmm. and insanity to get the court seal of approval. The couple should be living separately for Five at least years. one year before divorce proceedings can begin. Um, however, there's a section that requires the couple to be separated for at least two years. They have a similar law here, you know. Really? You have to be separated for at least a year, I think. And you have to be um, a year or five years. I think there's a similar law like that. I think it's, it's two years, isn't it? Two years? Separated for, two, for a year, but you have to show that you have been, like, I don't know. You have to show, like, there have been issues within the five-year period or something like that. There's a law like that here. The thing is, uh, you know, it's it's funny, and maybe this is a conversation that we could kind of delve off into. But when it comes to divorce, the rates that people are seeing now, I don't, I don't find them surprising. I think in America, it's become much more easy to get yeah, because, a divorce. Yeah. They don't have all this red tape, no. right? And I feel like and it really shouldn't be difficult to get a divorce. I understand the financial implications of it. I don't think, I don't think it was established to to deal with the financial aspect of it it's to maintain the marriage like go back to 40 50 years the whole point was for you to stick through everything so that's why they especially in the um the uk based areas the mm -hmm. commonwealth and so on that's why they make it so difficult. so difficult because the whole point is for you to try everything because before you actually divorce here you actually have to go through um a, a period where you try to reconcile yeah Really? And yet there's literally a document that you have to sign saying that you try to reconcile and it didn't happen. You have to file that. That has to be lodged with all of the documents at the court. That's to so say that you tried everything and nothing, nothing worked, so you're getting a divorce. 
the thing is, and the thing is, that's what that's what I think. Like even the divorce rate in India, that's not realistic. There are more women that would want to get divorced, but want because to, but don't. they can't, but they can't because how difficult would it be? It's a lot of work. If you are prevented from working, right, in India, say you're in a very traditional household and the man works and the woman stays home because they have those yeah. still. How difficult is it for you to separate from your husband for a year without having that financial backing? Yeah, that's it's the, almost that's impossible. Yeah, impossible. So like that mm-hmm. one in a hundred really should be 41. 40, <laughs> 41 out of 100 the <laughs> same, right? Because yeah. people, people change their mind. All right, last one, number seven. Non-Christian, non-religious couples. Non, well, let me, let me say it better. Non-Christian or non-religious couples have the highest rate of divorce. Non-Christian or non-religious couples have the highest rate of divorce. True or false? False. It's false. How did you know it's false? <laughs> I don't know. It makes sense. People always assume that the Christians are the ones that are going to stick it through, but most of the time they're the ones that give up. And that's, that goes down to the fact that Christians have the highest rate of divorce at 37%. <laughs> Higher than Muslim, higher yep. than Jews, higher than everybody else. Like, and you would expect them to have a little bit. You understand? <laughs> yeah. So, so Sherid is like one of the hottest debaters I've ever met like, and had conversations with. Um, she's very, very religious. Not spirit. I can't say spiritual. Not a fanatic. She's a fanatic. Not a fanatic. A fanatic religious person. I am not a fanatic. Absolutely. I am here she strong feels about it. I am not that a fanatic. Her way is the only that right nice. way. And it pisses me off. I'll say it here. I'll say it. I said it on my podcast. That is not I said even it. True. It is the most irritating thing. She is difficult to get through to. I don't know if it's the Guyanese roots. I don't think I've had such a close Guyanese friend before, but my God, I hope all of you ain't like this. But guys, Sherid. Sherid. Mm-hmm. Sherid, so talk to me. How's it going up? Because you told me that you, 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 you were born in Guyana. Yeah. You, were, you lived in Guyana for about 15 years uh-huh. and, and then you moved to St. Lucia, right? So, so those 15 years in Guyana, like, how, were that, how was that for you? You say it wasn't your formative years, but how was that to you? The, the older years, like, the late part was a bit harder because my mom wasn't there. So mm. it was basically living with a friend of my mom mm. and then moving to my aunt. I can't even remember why. But, like, when I, when I started high school, I had to move to live with my aunt. I think maybe distance. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, I think it was, like, the, the balance between not having your mom there and then still have to maintain grades and, yeah, yeah. and all of that. And she and I are very close, so. That, that sounds very and then, disruptive. Yeah. And then my brother, he never used to live with us. So, it was, it was like, a complete shift. You know? Mommy's not there. My brother's not there. I'm with just relatives. So you definitely don't get the best treatment. Oh, no. Really? No. no. What? They didn't treasure you like the little princess? No? <laughs> no, because I don't know. I think maybe because there's always been a vibe between my mom mm-hmm. and the sister that I was living with. I think maybe that was why. So it's like you get a good treatment, but mm-hmm. you know that it could be better. Oh, snap. So she's so, so like you grow up a little hard? Like was it like? It was, I wouldn't say hard. 
because people have it way harder than I did. But it wasn't the best situation. Mm. So when I when I got to live with my mom, it was better. But you left. You 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 went to live with your mom when you went to live in Saint Lucia. Mm -hmm. She was over there. Wow. Yeah, That's... she basically left for a better life, better opportunities, stuff like that. You know, it's funny because I, I don't know if you guys do share the same thing, but in the Caribbean, especially well in Saint Kitts, like I find people. Like they work, they they grew up really rough. Like I don't know if 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 you guys had the same situation. Like my my dad grew up really, really, really rough, right? Like you know, like on the cusp of poverty. Um, you know, it's it's almost like they used to treat children kind of like goats. Mm -hmm. You know, like you just go ahead, run up and on the place, and then if they have anything wrong with you, then you're always going to get licks. It was never like, they're going to talk you through discipline. Yeah, that's it's the like, thing, they don't talk. It's well, just blows. that's not true because my mom was probably one of the only exceptions. You had to do something really, Real really, really bad to for get her blows. to beat you, yeah. Otherwise, she would talk. She would literally sit you down and she'd be like, Sherry, you shouldn't do this because mm -hmm. of X, Y, Z. I you know, maybe, maybe that's why I am the way I am. Really? Sure. Yeah, she was good. She was really good. My dad, my dad, I mean, I think... My mom beat me more, but the thing is, it's it's funny because I spent more time with her. So like, if you think about it, if I'm spending so much more time mm, with her, it then makes sense. It yeah. makes sense that I would. But my dad, like, I was, I was, I was, I was really scared of him. Uh -huh. I was frightened. Like, it wasn't even like, like frightened, like respectful. It was just dead frightened. Like, my mother used to like basically threaten me, like, I'll tell your father. Like, if she tell me, I'll tell your father. Like, I would just. I would manners up immediately uh -huh. because I was afraid. Like, I mean, you're a child and you see this big imposing figure and this man got muscles and so, you know, and the other day, like, I ain't trying to mess with him. Uh -huh. I, take, I take my licks from, from this lady over here that smiles. <laughs> she probably going to be a little easier. Yeah, like, <laughs> if the block the blows them come, it's a little easier blows, right? But I think what, what, what I'm growing to see, because when I was young, I used to hate it. And what I've grown to see is that he basically raised us better than he was raised but by the standards that we have today like it's not good enough not that he wasn't good enough but it just we could see better mm. you know like empathy and so becomes a thing like for him it's like if you mess up then you're gonna get you don't get you don't get rough treatment like you can get blows or you're gonna get hard talking and you could remember the hurt the pain I don't know if you can remember. Maybe you hardcore, right? <laughs> but I remember some blows. Like, I remember you mm -hmm. had some specific licks mm -hmm. that I get that, like, transform me into your psyche. Mm -hmm. No? Not really? Nope. Yeah, man. I get some, man. I get some, I get some blows. One time I get blows with a, a wet um, towel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that is sting. <laughs> sting? But I well up my skin all the way in school. Like, like, you know, like, the wind would blow and, like, me, yeah. me, me shut, would touch my skin and I'm like, ah. It burns us. Never I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I lied, and and maybe I probably deserved it. But I'm just saying, like mm. I can remember a few. So like, it just had times, like that. I just felt like you know, you're just kind of overboard. Like you could have been, you could have dealt with this with words versus licks. But then the you gotta you gotta look at it from the standpoint of what they were taught. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like so I just feel like that we, was fine for them. That was okay because that's what they grew up knew. And mind. it was better than what they got because they they would probably get licks without a second thought. Like yep. I, I don't know. Tell me if this I, I'm comparing. I'm just trying to see mm. where we are in the cultural spectrum. But I know of guys who used to get blows, right? Before their father left in the morning. So he would wake them up beat them <laughs> for whatever they would do so whatever you're going to do 
I'm going to bang you because I know you're going to do something. I know how disgusting. That's, that's something we used to say but to But you had to be really bad. I, I... That your father would preemptively beat you? Preemptively <laughs> punish you because... <laughs> that's kind of funny. Because it's kind of funny, but I don't... I think it's pretty traumatic if you are going to beat your child before they do something. Yeah. Like, what? I don't even know. What does that say? Like Maybe it's trying to propel them to be better. I don't know. Do you think that works? Would it though, stop? Like, would it stop? Like, if this parent realizes that this child is no longer behaving that way, would it stop? Because if you're just beating the child because, because you want it, then that's something else. But I think, I, I don't see, I don't see the, the disciplinary measure in beating a child preemptive. No. Because... Maybe what, it's a psychological thing. But the thing is, to establish fear. Yeah. And order. I don't know. I don't know if I see the conjunction between I think those two things. I don't know if fear... Because I think what parents want is respect. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't want... You don't want your child to, like, disrespect you. Like, to treat you as if you and them are on the same level. Some parents in the States look really like that. But in the Caribbean, it's always a case of, I am superior. And yeah. my word, mm -hmm. you need to follow it. Uh -huh. I don't need you to like back talk me or to move as if you and I have the same knowledge base. You know what I mean? You're a child and I'm an adult and you need to respect it. But when what, what Caribbean people do or what they used to do a lot is they used to instill fear to gain the respect. Mm. But I don't think fear and respect exist in the same in the same mental, the same spectrum. But I don't, it happens across the board, not just with parents. Yeah, it happens in... in exactly, office. that's what they do. But I mean, if you think about it, if I tell you you're going you're, you're gonna to get a beating this morning, you're probably going to do everything that you need to do right the day before to make sure you don't get a beating. So maybe that, that was like the thinking. But then, but, but what you're saying is almost, that's, that sounds more retrospective than what, than what I was, was told. I never had that. I never get preemptive strike. But, um, <laughs> preemptive strokes. <laughs> but, from what I understood, the guys, and it's a good couple of guys, so it, I want to establish that it might have been more cultural than just Could nuance. because I've never heard about that before. Right? So a few people have spoken to me about this. We had a dad, in the morning before he goes to work, he will beat them for what they would do that coming day. That day <laughs> is not established, but I'm going to beat you because I know you're going to be disgusting. So be it's really not bad. that, but that's what I'm saying. It's not like a case of, for a child... You could say, some children might take a children different. You might say, some children will take it and say, okay, I'm going to behave so I don't get more blows when he come back home, right? <laughs> but I'm some, some children might be like, I don't get your blows. So I could do what I want. So let me just do whatever I need to <laughs> yeah. do because like I don't get beaten. It's yeah. not like there's a beating coming because if he don't find out, mm. I've been beaten already. So mm. I've been, I've already you paid already my taxes. <laughs> and I, yeah, mean, yeah. I don't pay the down payment. Let me just buy it. Let me just buy the, the couch. So I'm just wondering if it works. Like, I mean, you have a child now. Mm -hmm. um, what do you feel about beatings? Like, do you feel that, like, corporal punishment? No. <laughs> no. You don't think it, 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 it works? I don't think so. Mm. I, I, because, you see, like I said, my mom, she only beat us, like, if we do something really bad. Mm -hmm. And it actually helped because we are not these, I don't think we're these horrible people. So I think talking, establishing a, a certain standard from an early age. Mm -hmm. So th that's kind of what I do. She probably can't understand me right now, but I would say, like, you can't do this, don't do that, it's not right. Like, you start building the psyche so that 
when they get older, you don't have to deal with that problem because it's much harder when it's much harder when they have their own thoughts mm -hmm. and they can make their own decisions. So you kind of have to build the foundation, establish the foundation early. So I think that's it. So they talk to your daughter now. You know, just yeah. like just be like, no, don't do that. Yeah. And just wag your fingers on. Well, I don't know about the wagging of the finger, but I bet you can't. You can, because she likes to kick. Oh, she does. Yes, she's a fighter. <laughs> like, oh no, let me not say that. Let me not select you, I never, I never know you to fight. I can't substantiate that. Yeah, she kicks a lot. So you can't kick. Mm -hmm. You cannot be kicking people. That's not right. I see it multiple times. So hopefully, it sticks. But do you, do you ever see a situation where you think um, corporal punishment might be necessary? Can you fathom it? No, not no. right now. So if you're trying, like, I don't I'm going to give you, like, I'm not saying she's not <laughs> going to do this. Because I think she's going to be an absolute wonderful child. She's yes. already an absolute, absolute wonderful child with a kickboxing career <laughs> in the future. But just saying, like, like if, if, if it's something of, say, rudeness, like, because I think rudeness is different. I don't know why. But say she is rude to you in public or something, do you think that would be grounds for some form of corporal punishment? Do you think corporal punishment is efficient in that kind of way? But I mean, why? Why would I beat her because she said something? Maybe, I think, I don't know. Yeah, I typical. can't say. It's typical. Because, I mean, if, if we're in public and she's old enough and she knows not to do something, I think the only reason that I would be beating her is so that I could feel better. You About understand? Yourself. Uh, so it's like so, ego. Yeah. So it's not, like, it's not like it's not like okay, it's not so like I'm doing it because I want her to, to actually her. be better. It would be for my own sake. Well, she's too young to understand. Like, well, she's too young to to understand why you're telling her this is wrong. Like, mm -hmm. for example, she's four years old and she doesn't really quite get, you know, the social implications of, you know, putting your hand on something and pulling it down off the shelf. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. what do you do then? Is it that you still stay talking? Do you, do you just kind of lash on Shannon and says, no, don't do that. Like, no, ask mommy what to do. <laughs> ask mommy what to do. What the hell is this? Oh, my God. Watch a couple. I never, wow, I didn't see that one coming. That is funny. That is hilarious. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't see that one coming. All right, so, okay. So, no, basically, to get into, into what, we're talk, what we want to talk about, um... A lot of times, I, I, I've experienced a lot of situations where um, I felt like, I mean, you have a daughter now, so I guess this is something that you might be thinking about in the future, uh, it's something that you might be having to gauge now, mm. because it's, it's real. Like, I could only talk about my proverbial mm -hmm. daughter in the future, I can't really talk about now, God, <laughs> please, not, not right now, not right now, but... Um, like, what, what do you do to defend them against um, um, this kind of world that we live in? Because we have, we have people who are, like, you know, pedophilic, or they're, like, they're, they're interested in young, young, young people. Not mm. just girls, it's, it's young fellows, sorry. <laughs> Not just girls, but young people. Yeah. Like, you know, they're attracted to youth, or they're attracted to super young, or something just younger than them, right? Like, how do you kind of defend your child from this? I mean, have you experienced this? Do you have any stories of it happening? Like, how, 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 how are you going to gauge that for your daughter? Well, like I said, mommy is the source of everything. What? So, yeah, because 
I mean, uh-huh. she was the one that said, don't talk to strangers, don't get into the vehicle with somebody that you don't know. Like, she taught me stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, she, like she said, literally when I was about two or three, mm-hmm. she sent one of her friends to pick me up from um, kindergarten, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I refused to go with the person because I did not know that that person was supposed to pick me up. And she was like, well, well using that, like, that is how she has been with me for all of my life. So, like, I literally, like, I remember one time I was waiting for transportation to get to town. Yeah. And somebody stopped to pick me up. <laughs> and I was late. So I decided to go into the vehicle. And yeah. I was panicking the entire yeah, time because I don't get into vehicles with people that I don't know. So, like, that is something that she, she would have instilled in me from a young age. So, I guess when, when I have these questions, I ask her, I'm like, Mommy, well, what would I do in XYZ situation? And she would be like, Sherry, you need to do this or do that, you know? So, I look to her for certain because she raised me in, in such a way that I could make certain decisions on my own without her being there. Mm-hmm. So, to deal with my child, I go to her for that advice. Like, that's it. But it's a, it's a tough thing because um, do you find in our society that we kind of protect people like that like we we, we kind of have guys or uh, men who who kind of have a history yeah of, of of i have a relative like that but i mean i don't have solid proof but mm-hmm. i have spoken to other family members that would have said he did this because he he was a teacher mm-hmm. so he started it, it was easier for him to gain oh, access, access that way but how yeah. do you deal? How do you deal with that? Like, and that's the thing. I'm wondering how to do, should I say something, and if I say something, my entire family is going to be upset. So is that like a level that I do? I stay? I don't know what to do. Like that is one of the things that I struggle with because it's something that needs to be addressed. And it, I don't know, but where, where do you think it comes from? Because I mean, I I know of guys. I mean, when I was younger, I, I don't want to say it was acceptable. But it wasn't spoken of. It was taboo. Yeah. You had guys in the neighborhood who we wouldn't call praying, but they're like young girls. Like, that's what we used to say. Like, oh, well, so-and-so like young girls. But, like, when you realize how old this guy is like in young girls, like, right now, I guess we're more, like, connected to the social implications and aware of all of the Mm -hmm. traumas that exist when it comes to a man, you know, forcing himself... Not just rape, but just like manipulating into a relationship into a yeah. relationship with a younger person. But like, wh- where do you think that came from? Like, in your in your estimation, from your from your standpoint, where did our acceptance of men doing this to young girls come? From? I don't think we accept it. I think it's a situation where we don't know exactly what to do, especially if the person is somehow attached to us in some way. Mm. So, so we defend and protect. I wouldn't say defend. It's like a rock and a hard place. Do I come forward? Do I say something? Or do I just let it slide? And then there are implications on both sides. Mm-hmm. So then you don't really know which choice to make. But I, I, I don't know. But I, I'm a social justice warrior. So, you, so if you knew somebody, you would, you would just say something regardless of... No, I think, I, think, I think, yeah, there's a touchiness to it. But for me, like if it's somebody that I know or it's somebody that says my family or something, mm-hmm. I kind of have to do something. Because I feel like not doing anything is going to be more harmful to a next victim. Like, for example, you know for sure there's a guy who preys on younger women and he is going to continue to prey on younger women unless something is done. So it's just like, you kind of... 
you're not wanting to talk because you're trying to defend a, a victim, but at the same time, you're only allowing a situation to occur where we have more victims again. down the road. And, and it's like, if somebody came to you and said, like, said, say you're not of Tim. Uh, I don't want to say Tim. Tim is a little thing. Um, <laughs> it's a Tom. Say so there's Tom. Tom lives in the village. Tom has abused you. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom has abused a cousin of yours. And you'd say nothing, neither of you do anything. Right? And 10 years down the road, a young lady comes forward and she's like, hey, Tom abused me. Like, how do you then reconcile that in yourself? Like, how do you face yourself knowing that if you had said something, then this young lady 10 years down the road wouldn't have to deal with Tom? I mean, it's about courage, right? Yeah, it and, is. And maybe 10 years later, you have more courage than you did 10 years ago. So That's true. it's like maybe you feel bad, but then this person might have propelled you into saying, okay, let me come forward and share my story. So it could be like that. And it's also, I think it's also an, a, a, a very um, touchy case because sometimes at the time when you were abused, you might not even see it as, as abuse. As abuse. Like, mm-hmm. hindsight is almost, it's, it's 2020. I don't think we even take that into consideration when women do come forward. Like, 40 years later might be the time when you, one, have the courage to come forward, and two, you realize what has been done to you and that you're still not functioning as you would normally function with the traumas that you have. You didn't reconcile those traumas until you reached an older age. It's not even just that. It's a fear. Because I, I know someone that was raped over 40 years ago and she only spoke about it like literally this year mm-hmm. and she was afraid she was ashamed because she felt like she should have known better mm-hmm. even because she said it was a situation where they were sharing a car right a taxi and he said well okay i need to i need to stop home to get something mm-hmm. eventually inviting her up and that's when he did what he did so in her mind, she should have known better. But at that age, she was a teen. She was probably like 16 or 17. Oh, so man. like, you, so how, do you, how do you come forward and, and talk about stuff like that? Because there is always a shame and maybe a guilt to some extent attached to it. So how do you come forward and say, this happened to me? With, with, because you, you're exposing yourself to so much. And then you have to deal with the criticisms on both sides because they actually shame the victims and, and call them names and tell them, well, why didn't you come forward earlier? Maybe you did something to cause him to do that, you, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, there's, there's other reasons. There are other reasons why somebody might say, okay, I'm not seeing anything. I think I'm going to say something, and it might be a little forceful, a little harsh. Um, but I think the way that we as a society treat women who've been victimized is, is, is shameful to me. First of all, if, if somebody is older than you are, if, say, say you're a 16 year old mm-hmm. girl and there is a 25 year old, 26 year old male in society there is nowhere in shape or form that I see you guys on the same level mentally mm. physically, financially socially, you're not on the same level like that person has some level of seniority over you it's not your fault if this person brought you up. Like, it's not a matter of no, be, knowing better. I don't believe in that. You as a 16-year-old person, if there's a taxi man that picks you up, using the same example that you have, a taxi man picks you up, he's carrying you home. There is like a social contract between you and this taxi person that you're going to, you're going to take me from this 
place mm -hmm. and you're going to carry me to this place because that's the social contract that we've established. I never told you that I wanted to have sex with you. I never told you I wanted to give myself to you. You created a scenario or you put us into an environment where yeah. you have all the power. Mm -hmm. You have the physical power. You have the mental power over me. You have the financial power over me. You have the social power over me. You check what I mean? You could literally go to my mother and say, I did something and she would almost believe you more than she believed me because yeah. I am still mm -hmm. a child. I yeah. am still seen as a youth in the community. So a lot of the times, a lot of people get away from facing the full consequences of their deliberate um, irresponsible action by blaming it and saying she should have known better. No, she shouldn't. The elder in any situation is the one responsible, not the youth. If I am with a 10-year-old and a 10-year-old wants to do something and I know it's, irris it's wrong to do, it's not for the 10-year-old exactly. to convince me that it's wrong. You have to stop yourself. It's for me to convince the 10-year-old that this is wrong. I may not even have to convince them. I just have to make sure that it, is, it does not happen. Like, I'm, I'm, I kinda, I'm sorry that I get in a little fashion, <laughs> but I'm very, very fed up. I'm fed up of this victim-blaming crap. And we've, all, we've victim-blamed so much that we have the victims them feeling ashamed and that's of why people being don't come forward. victims. Mm -hmm. Like, you are a victim. Did you mm -hmm. go up there expecting that you would have sex with this person? No, you didn't. Mm -hmm. And like, a lot of the times too, like, wait, no, I mean, with, <laughs> bye. I could go deep into this, but let's, let's, <laughs> let me ask a question so that I could kind of, because this, this gets me, it gets me, I'm not even lying to you, Sherry gets me pissed. It gets me pissed. Like, a lot of people use positions of authority and they take advantage yeah. of younger people. And I'm not talking about... It's not always younger people like um, teenagers. It's younger people, just younger people in general. A 51-year-old person um, using his authority could manipulate a 30-year-old person. Mm -hmm. A 51-year-old person could manipulate a 21-year-old person. Are these two adults? Yes, they are. Are they on the same footing um, socially? No, they are not. They mm. aren't, they're not, they're not. Mm -hmm. How much times we have women, young women finding themselves in situations and it's like, they feel powerless to stop it. They feel like they're the oddest person. Like we had a case recently. I mean, it's, I don't know if you heard about the Jada Pinkett <sighs> Smith. <laughs> I'm going to it in there because I have my thoughts and nobody talking about who I feel the victim is here. Because in that situation, what's happened is um, August Alcina, who is a singer, um, he took he took ill. He had some mental illness, and I think he also had some physical ailments as well that were attached to it. He was like, you know, crashing on stage and passing out and doing all these things because he was addicted to drugs and so on. Okay. And again, he had some physical ailments that came along with it as well as some mental ones. And Jada Pinkett Smith basically reached out to him and wanted to help him, and that ended up turning within her marriage into. <laughs> A sexual relationship. I had no idea all of that happened. She admitted to it um, a, a few days ago. Oh, on the table, the on red table. On the red table. I didn't look at it. You should. It's, 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 it's wow. It's a lot. Uh huh. She it's discussed everything. She discussed it. She, she, she said why it was. She wasn't apologizing in no way, shape, or form. She said that she, she needed it to heal, or she, we need to go through things like this. Will said that they were basically separated at the time what you need to watch it it's, <laughs> it's freaking crazy right but but beyond that what i'm trying to get is nobody is really talking about who i think the victim is here this young man got into a relationship with a woman 
who was supposed to be taking care of him. She's older than him by 21 years. That's one. He was 23 at the time. She was 44, I think. Okay. Or 40, 42. Or something. 40, something. something. She was 21 years old. Than him, right? And 44. So she was in that position where he could have seen her as a mother figure. And then she, the, the lines were crossed. Whether he made the first move or she made the first move, the lines, the lines were crossed and they ended up having a full-blown relationship mm-hmm. in this, in, within her marriage. <laughs> within her marriage to Will. Because they didn't separate legally. They said they separated, but they didn't separate legally. But can you really separate? How you could separate? You in a separate? marriage? Uh, really? You can't separate. You can't. <laughs> you married, right? But, but anyway, anyway, some people call it legal separation. I guess they're on their way to divorce or whatever. But that's not what was, that's not what was happening. The will and her had fallen out. That's what they said. And then she entertained a relationship with this person. And it went on. Now... Again, a lot of people are saying, oh, she's so mature, she's telling the truth and so on. But I, what I did not hear is the, I was wrong. You are 21 years older than this guy and you were supposed to be taking care of him. I did not know all of that was happening. I literally just thought they were in a relationship together. She had her affair because they haven't, I think she said, Will, she and Will, they have an open relationship, right? No, she never, they never disclosed They never that. said that? That's a rumor. Will uh, and Jada never said that they have an open relationship. Well, that's what I thought, that she decided to have her extramarital whatever. Affairs. And <laughs> they decided, yeah, I thought that was what happened. I literally don't follow up stories like that know, because they, they get me upset. Of so. course. But I was, I, I'm still upset. But I'm I, still upset because I think what's happening is she's being... I don't know if people are painting her to be a hero, but I've seen a lot of women not commenting on the fact that this young man was basically pulled into a situation. It seemed like he had real feelings. And at the time, he was also not 100%. He was 23. He was 23. And she was 44 years old. She was old enough to be his mother. Yeah, and again, that's what I was parading <laughs> as if she was his mother. I really mother, did not know it was so long. Taking him into years? the family. Like, carrying him all over the place and, and having the guise of being this white knight, she came in and she saved him. You check what I mean? Meanwhile, having sexual relations with the young man. Oh, maybe that's why my, my friend said, are we going to talk about the fact that, that Jada is a sexual predator? She's a predator! And I really that didn't know predatory. that all of that happened. I literally thought that they had some sort of relationship because in my mind, right, if you want to date a 50-year-old and you're of age, once you, once you have the competence... You can do, do whatever it. you want. But do I it. had no idea that like she was taking care of him, helping him mentally. Well, that changes everything. The whole dynamic changes with that. It, did, it changes completely, but nobody but, is mean, talking about the fact that this young man with it. is the victim. He's not, he's not the... He is the victim. And this is where it comes from. As a place of... From the place of authority, you are the one most you have most of the responsibility if you are married and i am your side man <laughs> you have the most you are the one who should have the authority you are the end you have to agree to this in order for it to happen yeah. i have the least amount of things to lose the only thing i'm losing is my pride you could lose your entire marriage yeah. you understand you, you understand what i'm saying and then if you're older than me it adds an extra layer 
I you're mean, more successful than I am. You have access to more resources than I do. I am dependent on you for care. That's predatory. Does he seem traumatized? Well, I don't. It, the thing is, this happened four years ago. But I'm, I'm trying so, to understand the, the, the rationale behind, behind why it's only coming forward. Why, like, why you're hearing about it only now. But that's the thing. Remember, it, and, and, and this is where I think society has swung the pendulum in a completely opposite direction. When you look at women who come forward about traumas mm -hmm. later on in their lives and so on, it takes an extraordinary amount of courage mm -hmm. to come up and say, I was abused, I was taken advantage of, right? But it still, it doesn't negate the fact that it, it happened. happened yeah. like the, the, and, and when we are victim blaming, or we, we're trying to, to push the... the, the, the um, the, the, the magnifying glass over to the victim and say, you sure you're a victim? Why you mm. only take so long? We are taking the magnifying glass away from the perpetrator. From the yeah, and the actual issue. From yeah. the issue itself. Yeah. If it took him 15 years to say, to come up with the courage to say, listen, I fell in love with this woman. Will gave me his blessing to date his wife. <laughs> I had a whole full-fledged affair and... I could have really just died after we were in love for so deep. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter when he says it. The mere fact that it is true gives pause. This person used their status. They used their status to basically manipulate somebody else. And then going to come back on... You need to listen to the talk. And need to come, and then to come back on and tell us that... You know, sometimes we just have to grow. That is the epitome of toxic to me. So that was her excuse? She that was her excuse. Oh, you know, me and my husband wasn't mean, in a good place. I'm not really surprised, you know. You know? Have you ever seen any of her other um, red table talks? I've seen one. Like literally anything goes in their relationship. So I'm, I'm really... Really? Yeah, like for me... They have an open an open marriage. That's how I see it because she gets to do whatever she wants, he gets to do whatever, and then they just deal with what happens after. So like I don't think I don't I don't it's know. It's not a, it's not like a, it's not surprising. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not even concerned about them. I'm concerned about bringing a next person into this. Making them feel like using your position. You're supposed to be helping them and you use your position and you twist it into to, I don't think to she's going to apologize because she don't she doesn't think that she did anything wrong. That's the thing. She so, and and the whole And if she does apologize, it's just going to be to save face. So, either way. Yeah, it's like nothing from it. <laughs> yeah. But again, I, I think if the the tables were reversed and I was talking to my girlfriend this morning about this very same thing, I said if it was Will yeah. And August Alcino was it a 23-year-old woman. It would have been would, really different. Would we have been so accepting of this nope. right, I'm right thing? There's a double standard, a clear double standard. Clearly. It's always been that way. And I mean, Clearly. we are trying, and but it's kind of hard because guys don't really open up. But who, I have friends who teaches, that would, Who teaches them that? I mean, society has yes, evolved, right? But it's, a, it's not evolved enough to stop that general... Yeah, but it's evolved enough to know that if something is bothering you, if somebody did something that you don't like, just come forward, talk to anybody. Because I have friends that would post random stuff and like I go through, I, like, I, I read the stuff and I see stuff in Patterns. between and, and then I would be like, I would send a message and say, well, hey, you should do this or you should talk to somebody or something because there are things that they don't say but they still say. Yeah. In a kind of cover. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess we have to 
get guys to be more comfortable with opening up because that's one of the issues. They don't talk. And unless you say something is bothering you, then I wouldn't know something is bothering you. So that's part of the issue that they stay quiet because the pressure, like, like the guy that gets beaten by his wife, he wouldn't want to come forward because of the social pressures okay. attached to it. He, he's, he's a fool. He's weak. Yeah. He's not strong enough. Like, there are a lot of bad connotations with it. It's the same thing with these type of behaviors. So it's the getting them to talk. It's getting them to trust that whoever they speak to are actually going to help rather than make light of the situation. You know, the easiest, like, if you are a pedophile, you know, the easiest target to hit after, mm. especially if you're a male pedophile. A, a young man, a mm. young child, because a little boy is under so much social pressure to be strong, because that's yeah. what we, we identify men as strength, strong. Yeah. So how strong is it that you were taken advantage of by a man? Like, there's a reason in prison why men have sex with other men. Some of them is not based on any attraction. It's a power play. Mm-hmm. Dominance, Everything yeah. is about sex. And, and I remember here in the state, and I heard it on, on the office, and I'm pretty sure it came from somewhere else. But the guy, he was making jokes, but there's some truth to it. He says, everything is about sex. But sex is about power. Mm-hmm. When, why would a man under that, Banner, why would a man come forward and say, I was sexually abused? Because you look weak. Because look I, weak. Like, I look weak. You I look like look I had no power. Yeah. So you could only imagine women have it hard. Women have it difficult. Because from the time you come out and you say that you were abused by somebody, or you beg for it, or yep. you used to dress sexy, all of which, none of these things, <laughs> n- nope. none of these things validate being sexually abused. Eh? Like, if you dress a certain way, and you get attention or whatever the crap, that doesn't mean that you were asking to be sexually abused. If you went into a situation that was compromising, it doesn't mean that you were begging to be raped or sexually abused. Why are we focusing on this victim's motives and not focusing on the fact that this thing happened to this person? Mm-hmm. Like, what about the perpetrator? Why are we defending this This. And comforting. And comforting. And comforting. And and also giving him the power to do it again. again yeah. Because when you don't when you don't completely destroy this young lady who had the courage to come forward, she can't get a job because everybody knows her as a quote unquote slut or whatever. I hate that term, but still that is what we say, that's what we say about them. And then you go over here to this guy who has a record. Mm-hmm. Multiple women have come forward about him. It's beautiful. I love mm-hmm. it. Um <laughs> Multiple women have come forward and there's no chastisement of this guy. There's no, there's no, um, there's no, there's no obstacles that he has to face. There's no recompense for his deeds. He just floats through the radar and and the village knows it. And it's not just that, right? Because then I might've been in a similar situation and I, and I saw how they treated this victim that came forward. So now I'm not going to say anything because I'm going to get the same treatment. And that's part of the problem too. And then you wonder why people take years. You know how much consideration you have to put. A lot. It's a lot of strength to come forward. Monica Lewinsky, I'm going to use her as an example. Because everybody, I guess everybody knows who Monica Lewinsky Mm. is by now, right? Monica Lewinsky came forward and basically she was a temp working in the presidential office. Mm. And the president, Bill Clinton at the time, again, his authority, his connections... All of that being what it was, 
his seniority. He's the president of the United. That's like if you have an emperor, mm-hmm. the, that is as close to emperor in America as you, as you could possibly get. Yep. And he basically beckoned to you to give him sexual favors. Like, I mean, nobody put themselves into this woman's shoes to realize the kinds of repercussions she would face if she turns down the president of the United States. Could you imagine the black ball she would get from telling the president, no, I will not do this thing and Mm -hmm. sin against my Lord? Do you imagine the backlash? People don't ever consider that, you know? I never thought about that. Even, like, say the prime minister comes to you and he beckons to you and he wants some sexual favor. And you say, no, I'm going to do it. Do you expect that he going to have anything to say good, anything good to say about you nope. ever again? Nope. You're going to never get a government contract. You're going to, like, nobody, it takes, to, in order to do the right thing in this world, it takes extraordinary levels of strength and will and there is no reward for it yeah. ain't like nobody gonna believe you who would have believe Monica Lewinsky if she said the president wants to have sex with me exactly she like he's the president he has why all you this want power you? why would he and want you're, you you're overweight nobody wants you you know what I mean yep all of these things nobody mm-hmm. ever asks the question what would happen if she didn't do it I never thought about that and then it's like if she like you, you always like I think women and men because we both both sexes are abused, but women, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what these numbers are. I don't know if you have numbers. Have it no it numbers. always seems to me that women, women get the worst, not the worst of it, but women get it more often. And I think pro- probably because of where it came from, women were always treated and considered property. property yeah. So it stemmed from that. The man was the one with the authority. So, I mean, we've shifted into an environment or a society where women kind of, I wouldn't say there's a balance because we still have so far to go, but it's better than what it was was maybe 40, 50 years ago. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why it is the way it is. It's funny too, because I mean, like, as you said, women were objectified, not just for sexuality, but just as, as just objects. They were just, Mm -hmm. a woman is an object. She's a collection of a nice face, breasts and a butt, right? And maybe nice and long legs, depending on what the man likes. But he sees her for the sum of her parts and not as a human being. Yeah. Which is why women, like even when it comes to marriage, like men were very adamant about last names and mm. you know, you're gonna have my last name because you are seen as instead of we are one, you are an extension of me. Yeah. It's the very same reason why I think up to today, men would be attracted to women who dress scantily. But as soon as they are going steady or exclusive. They he want wants to her shift. to, to, to <laughs> shift on that. Like I don't <laughs> like that. Why? Because I don't want people seeing my stuff. Hang on, say it like that because that sounds like a douchebag. But that's exactly how we feel. Mm-hmm. You are mine now. Yeah. Still and property. Still property. <laughs> it's still seen. Weird. And, and it's just that same way that, like, we have the purpose, like, men feel comfortable in infidelity men into the not, I mean less so now but maybe even the same I don't even know if it's changed but men are very comfortable having multiple partners or sneaking around and cheating and so on because they don't necessarily see themselves as owned by their wives or in the same fashion it's like that's my wife I take care of my wife 
and I my I can't expect to get everything from my wife. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go. Out. It's, it's it's not this. It's not an equal commitment. No, the woman mustn't cheat because she's giving away the property of yep. the marriage. But a man giving away his it's fine. <laughs> That's society. We justify things that shouldn't be justified. And the worst thing about it is not just the society. You know, it's the society is built in us. Because the women have come to grips and accepted this. Just as much as men perpetuate, women have come to accept it. Like, it's not like a fight. Like, it, it's almost... And this is me saying this, and I, I would love to be proven wrong. You could disagree with me, Sherry. But a woman cheating in society is seen as dip, more difficult to get over than a man cheating. Mm-hmm. Why? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Isn't that weird? Isn't that, but isn't I mean, that essentially weird to you? Be, remember, we're still not on the same level. So we belong to the guys, right? We belong to the men. That's my woman, dear. Yes. The men does not belong to us. They don't belong to us. So that's probably the way of thinking. Oh, she's mine, but I'm not hers. So I can do whatever I want, but she can't. It's, it's all... It, Going right back to ownership. I hear one guy said the other day, like, um, the reason it's like that is because a woman could get pregnant and it could not be your child. So you have to be more defensive of the woman but having infant. What? The but I mean, you could get somebody pregnant too. That is what too. I am saying. It is the dumbest And it wouldn't be her child. Reasoning. It wouldn't be your wife's child it's or what. an so outside like, child. And that's, that's the same thing. I guess but, I'm a no one. Like people justify one. whatever they want to justify. And they find a way. Yeah, they always find a way. They find a way. Because it, there are women who know that the men are cheating even with younger people or having pedophilic tendencies. I am sorry. But that is and like... They just, no. they just cover it up. They just yeah. allow it. They just allow it. They just allow it. Like, I mean, what would you do? Like, you're in a relationship with somebody, you know that they're having... Like, what do you do? leave like that's the only thing to do especially if you have young children you leave because then you have to live with a constant fear that oh maybe they'll do the same thing to our kids because some people they can't separate my child from the neighbor's child everybody just looks like like all of the children look like the same thing this is what they're attracted to this is what i want and this is what i'm gonna get they don't care that well this is my flesh and blood so I can't, because some people can, can separate the two, say, well, this is my child, I can't see myself doing it, but with anybody else, I can do it, which is still messed up, but, but at least some, peop- some people separate it. Yeah. But I mean, you as a woman or an individual, you, you know something like that, you know somebody like that, you just leave. Like, I'm not even waiting around for an explanation or another excuse. Like, that's it. That's it. I just need to know one time I'm gone. But do you think that solves the problem? I mean, it's, it does solve the problem for, for you. For me. But then but does I it mean, solve the problem? Prob- it's still think... back to the same square one, eh? Mm, I don't know. Shall we it's back really to close. square one yeah. here? Because <laughs> you really... leaving doesn't stop him from praying on... But may- maybe I could find a way to get it out. I think... I don't know. Do, you is have it, to do is something. It, is it... Okay. I mean... Legally, because you're a liar. Mm. Am I calling you a liar and you're not a liar? <laughs> you're right. Okay, you're a liar. You see, I admitted you were right. 
Oh, snap. <laughs> I should have never asked. Um, okay, so to your lawyer, like, what would the proceed, what would, how would you start? Like, suppose, like, okay, I want to have a divorce. I want to divorce my husband, well, my wife. I want to divorce, divorce my wife, right? Mm-hmm. Um, under the cause that she is engaging in pedophilia. Like, do could I put that on, on, on could I? You could, could I, include it here in the petition. Like, um, there, I think the, the laws have specific reasons for divorce. Like, they confine it to um, irreconcilable differences and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you could, inc- you could use irreconcilable differences as a basis, right? Uh-huh. And then you add an additional clause saying, well, he did X, Y, Z. And that is part of the reason why I can no longer be in this relationship. So you can actually, and you see the thing about it, if you use that, that kind of strengthens or solidifies the whole petition, probably making it easier for them to grant it. To grant it. Yeah. Why is it, why is it that if you want to, and I, I want to get back to a question mm-hmm. even before that, because before I ask that, what would happen? Would the court look into the pedophilia or it's just that's the sanction for this specific case and that's it? It's I not... Mean, you would have to have some sort of evidence for them to actually go forward and say, well, because imagine having a thousand divorce cases before you mm-hmm. and a thousand of them are saying, well, this guy is a pedophile, but they don't have any basis. They have a limited amount of resources at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So you should have some sort of evidence saying, well, if you're accusing this person of this, well, this is why I believe this person is doing X, Y, Z. You need some sort of evidence for, to give them. But probationary services usually deals with with issues regarding children and abuse and and those type of things so would they look into it yeah they actually like you'd go to the court um Uh probably depending on the level magistrate maybe a summons and then the the court would order the magistrate would order that probationary services look into the matter they would look into it check out the home talk to people and then they'd make a report and give it back to the court and then the court would use that as a basis to decide well should i move the child should i make an order for xyz or so forth so he that your your person, my my wife, could face criminal charges after that probationary um, process, or not really. It's just probably because the, the... um, what are we dealing with exactly? Because the thing is, what well, I think what, what I'm asking is, through my divorce with my wife, they could esta- if they could, could establish, they establish a criminal yeah, could they establish it's possible a crimi- a criminal if they have enough evidence, it's possible because there there have been instances where civil cases, um cause people to bring out, uh, well, cause the, the public or the, I want to use the right, the prosecution mm-hmm. to institute criminal proceedings against somebody. And the, the civil case would actually be the basis for why we institute the criminal proceedings. So I, I think it might be possible for that to happen with family matters as well. But does it, does it regularly happen? Though? I've never dealt with one. Okay. I've never dealt with one. Because, I mean, for me, it's just... <laughs> It's just what could be done to stop it because I am more concerned. Yes, I'm concerned about the victims, the vict- our survivors, victim survivors. Mm-hmm. I am concerned about them, but I'm also concerned about stopping the, 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 the circle from continuing to go forward the way it's going because people, people are people. And if they get away with something, they feel emboldened. To do it again, yeah. It's like if you, if you allow your child to eat out the Milo, like, 
you don't expect your child to stop eating out the Milo. Like they might stop for a little while, but they're just on pause because mm-hmm. they they never they were never charged, they were never, you know restricted. Disciplined for yeah. doing it. So they're gonna do it again. And I almost feel like that's that's the basis by which when you just stand aside and you say, I'm going to like for example, if me and you together and you say, Stephen, you let young girls, I'm done with you. That doesn't negate me from having feelings or but maybe if pursue. I say something about it, people might not believe me, but then there are persons that will say, well, she might be true. So even if one person believes, that might be enough. But is it enough to stop me? That is, mm-hmm. That's the case. Well, unless I have proof. Mm, the law can't do anything without proof. I could, go to the, I could go to the police station and say, Stephen does this, but unless I have evidence that you actually did something, they can't really follow it up. So the only thing they could do is like they could come and talk to me. Yeah, and say, give you a warning, and and, and then what's the point? What's a that? warning? A warning is <laughs> yeah. not a criminal charge. Just, exactly. Just in case you do, and you this. might it might cause you to maybe ease back for a bit, but then you'll you'll start again because that's just how you, that's just how you are. Lately, I've I've seen a, a video, and I want to bring it to your attention. Um, these psychologists, I don't even know if I could find it, but these psychologists were talking about making pedophilia a sexual orientation. What? They were saying that people who are attracted to children, uh, and that's the children meaning from 0 to 18 Mm -hmm. or 0 to 17, however you want to classify a child, but that's a 0 to 18, right? Mm -hmm. Um, As a sexual orientation, like because they're saying just like Gay people are homosexuals, and, and, and I, I hate that they put it in this. Uh, it's, it's, it's terrible, but they're saying that you can't choose who you're attracted to, really? and because these people are attracted to children, unless they commit a, a, a criminal act, there should it should be a sexual orientation versus you know anything versus a just sexual being, orientation, though. Talk to me about that. How do you feel about that? Because I, I can't see myself agreeing to something like that. Sexual orientation, as in, I don't know how are a you classification fi- how of are you fitting that type of behavior into sexual orientation? That makes no sense, because at the end of the day, I'm, it, it's only going to be a matter of time before they do what they want to do, anyways. And then, so you're you're going to wait until they do whatever they have to do, and then say, oh well, it's a criminal offense now. So all the time it's okay, but when do you finally when you finally catch them, then it's a crime. I think what, what, what's really um, off-putting to me about this entire thing is that um, at one point, homosexuality was a crime, right? And now it's, 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 in, a, it's in this kind of, especially in the Caribbean, it's in this kind of, it's in this envelope where it's not, it's no longer really like, ex, like it's not prosecuted. Yeah, but that's different from pedophilia. It is, it is. And I think the big difference for me is that homosexuality could happen between two consenting adults, Exactly. Whereas pedophilia happens, usually happen, not usually. Well, it, is, it has it to happen, happen yeah. between you and somebody, and somebody who's who incapable is young, of consent. Ex- incapable of consent. Yes, exactly. I, lo- I like your words. You have nice words. <laughs> uh, somebody who's incapable of consent, which would be an underaged person, somebody below the age of 16, or whatever the law stipulates as being below the age yeah. of consent. Right? So, again, it's, it's, it's very strange to me. But this is what they're petitioning for. I don't think it will happen. It can't happen. The the reason that they have, the reason that they said they have a case is because so much people 
are on the spectrum of you know pedophilic deserves a pedi- deserves for pedophilia like, there's a spectrum like even things that we might overlook for example somebody having um i don't want to say androgynous but youthful features like say you're 23 years old but your 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 body is not as as if like you have very small um, breasts or you have very small butt, you have very small face. Mm-hmm. You know, the way you look, you could pass for a 14-year-old, but you're really of age. You know, stuff like that. Like, when, when they find people have a pattern of being attracted to that kind of, of look, like, they, they would say that you're on the spectrum of some level of, of pedophilia because you're attracted to that type of body. You're attracted to that sort of look. It's unfair because, I mean, if yeah, you're 23 or 23, but whether you look... It's not just that, right? Like, it's a kind of hard, hard thing to think about because, I mean, if you have these type of feelings, it's not necessary that you're, you're going to act on them. I think maybe you, you need to seek help so that you don't have those type of feelings, but you can't really, you can't really charge somebody for something that they think. Because I mean, we think so many things. Oh man, I think a lot of stuff. <laughs> I think a lot of and stuff. And you, you can't. The no, only, the only difference is that maybe they might have voiced that that thought. But if you voice the thought, then it becomes it become it could become a threat. Yeah, but I mean, you can't really charge somebody with a possible threat. Like I could tell you, uh, I want to do X or I want to do Y, but it isn't until I actually do it that I'm guilty of a, a particular crime. You know, I think I think even that is a failure. Um, in some way, shape, or form when it comes to the criminal system. And I understand why it's like that because you can't... If somebody says something, you can't assume that they're going to do it because you're not God, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes I feel people say things and there's no observance. There's no, there's no like... Acknowledgement. There's no acknowledgement to say, okay, maybe let's just... um yeah. Let's keep we ear to the ground about Charlie because Charlie said he's gonna yeah, kill like everybody you in keep, this room. Yeah, like you keep abreast with what's going on, but you don't, you don't stop them because at the end of the day, unless they act in the case of pedophilia, unless they act, it's not a crime. You can't, you can't really charge somebody for thought. So like, but I think but that's, that's what they're saying too because they, they think, they think what they're saying is that if they make it a sexual orientation, then people will be more comfortable coming forward with those with mm. those feelings. I think they need to put it in another category. <laughs> I, I, do you think they just need to kill all pedophiles? No. Because it's a weird thing. Again, it's Look, weird. I mean, they can change, right? We can all change. We can all be better. I think we all change. I don't think we all could change. I think we all change. But it's just that we can't. A lot of times with human beings, we can't predict what I, that exactly. change is. Because you could change for the better. You could change for the worse. You could change less pedophilia. You know, <laughs> or you could change with... I have no being addicted to child porn. You check what I mean? Mm. And again, there's, there's, the other, there's the other psychological, or not even, there's the other social component to it. Suppose you yeah. never, suppose you never touch a child, but you indulge yourself in child pornography. That's a crime. Child <laughs> pornography and peddling of child pornography it's in most countries is a crime. Mm-hmm. Be- why is it a crime? I guess because of what you could potentially do. Is it that, or is it that somebody, some child had to actually be abused in order for the child pornography to actually exist? Maybe. Like, you cannot make child pornography without a child. So, in well, some way, even if you never did it, uh-huh, some, by consuming yeah, 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 the yeah, content, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're That's encouraging true. somebody else yeah. to do it. It's like you're passing the you're book. You're saying it's okay. 
exactly justifying it yeah exactly yeah which is true. why like being it is, is a very I mean, touchy thing this world is so messed up <laughs> as 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 the lawyer um says this world is so messed up um there's so many sides to it it there's is so many sides to it well, what do you do what can you do you can you can only do so much and then wait like because I mean, the thing is, is if you are attracted, and I, I know it's a difficult conversation to have, um, it's a difficult conversation to have, because it changes a lot when the person is close to you. If you yeah. have a brother who seems to have an affinity to younger girls, it might not be four years or five years. It might be sixteen years and fifteen years or seventeen years, just on the cusp mm-hmm. of being barely legal. And I hate that term. I really dislike it. Because I dislike it. I have I have my own thoughts, but I really, really dislike it. Like barely legal. And the thing is, like, I think even if you're 19 years old, mm-hmm. I was 22 and still so clueless. Right? So like just because the law says 18 is the age of consent or you're an adult at the age of 18 doesn't necessarily mean that your body and your mind could deal with everything that flows from being an adult. So, like, for me, an 18-year-old is still a child. To me, an 18-year-old is but also I mean, still a child. But, I mean, the loss is different. And that's the thing about the law. That pisses me off sometimes. The, it kind of... The, the loss is different. And the law doesn't have any gauge. Like, I understand. Yeah. If you're an 18-year-old and you're dating a 21-year-old, that's fine. I, I feel like that still exists somewhat in the same mm-hmm. sphere same of mentality. Yeah. Like, you still... At 22, I was an idiot. I don't even, I don't even care. 23 is still cusping on that idiot. 25 is still idiotic, but just a little bit less, right? A little little bit more knowledgeable. So when I hear people say things like, oh, they're 19, they should have known better. At 19, Mm -hmm. who knows? You know better? And that's the thing, they forget. People forget what they they were like at 19. Conveniently. Conveniently, if you go back and meet your 19 year old self and have a conversation, Lord. you'd want to slap the heck out of yourself. If you have to sit down in a room with your 19 year old yep. self, I mean, me at 23, I'll be like, you stupid yep. fool. And you know, the thing is, I when when you go on Facebook, they have those Facebook memories, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And know. like, so I see the nonsense that I used to post. Who's this guy? <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, was this, I this stupid? And that was like five years ago. That was like five, so so much less farther back. And I mean... It's tough. But I, people find a way to justify what they do. They so. do. And they say the law is on my side. But yeah. again, like, 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 just... I mean, just with any sense of integrity, it's just not right. No. Like, you dumping your whole 50-year-old life on an 18-year-old woman. And again, don't get me wrong. Some people are going to... I could hear the criticism. Some people are old for 18. You know, some yeah. people are very mature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still That not. is an anomaly. I have yet to find an 18-year-old that's like... Mentally. Mentally. On a level like a 30-year... And not, that, let me not say that. Mentally on an adult level. What, let me say adult level mm-hmm. because there are some 30-year-olds who <laughs> I have found who are even more ridiculously not than the 18-year-olds yeah. that I would have spoken to. It really to. depends on the experiences of the person. It, is, it and does. Still, and still an 18-year-old is fear. so young. It's not fear. Because even if that 18-year-old is... Say, 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 say you find an 18-year-old guy, mm-hmm. right? 
by I don't <laughs> think you'll find any. But anyway, say you find an 18-year-old guy who is reasonably mature and you in your 40-year-old self are going to dump your cougar self on this 18-year-old guy who is mentally or socially aware. You still have the upper hand. And let me tell you why. In a lot of cases, you have access to more resources than this 18-year-old person who just left the mother house yesterday mm -hmm. and think that he know it all and knows nothing of the world. You also have more experience. You also have more experience. Yep. You also have more experience, more likely sexually. You have more experience socially. You have more experience in religiously, spiritually, everywhere, identity, in every you know way. how much the 18-year-old is going to change in the next five years? You know how volatile an 18-year-old yeah. person is? Like, the 18-year-old person, what he like at 18, he, he gone <laughs> complete. I remember I used to go to parties and I used to be like, oh, this is fun. Ask me when last I went to a party. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't like, I don't have an affinity to go into a party. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, like, wow me. It doesn't make me feel like, oh, my God, this party is... Mm. I don't have that affinity because, again, the 18-year-old, the 19-year-old Stephen is no longer the 33, 34-year-old yeah. Stephen. Phases, so. And the things that I want... No, you know what? I get me excited. And this is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> it is so dumb. <laughs> but <weird. laughs> I know some people who are going to, like, completely identify with this. I love shopping... <laughs> For home stuff. There's nothing. <laughs> I true. swear it's to so God. Like, if I go into a home store, it's like, oh, give me the money. Hallelujah. Where is the, the thousands of dollars I need to buy this new sofa? It's true. Like, it's true. it just gets I agree. me excited. I agree. I agree. Like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. Like, the other day, I bought some, some fox, some stainless steel fox, and Sherry. Like my, my girl, she came, she came over and I was like, you know what I bought today? She was like, no, what you bought today? something major. I bought some fox. Look at how shiny they are. Like they, and all of them are the same size. You know, your mother your holds like you take like yeah. random stuff. Mm. So you got random fox. No, I have a whole set. So the two of us could be eating with the same, same type fox. Of fox. <laughs> I know, I know that feeling. And I so happy, like, mm. you know how much I bought them for? Like, I got them for like fifteen dollars. Yeah. So cool. You know, but again, yeah. it's like you, 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 you tell that to a nineteen-year-old, and, he's and like, they'll be like, "What? No, they're in a PS Five. Hmm. Like, I, yeah. what, what are you talking about? Like, even when it comes to like, like video games, like we have a very interesting view of video games. Like, people have put video games to mean children, uh -uh. but the I majority of video game players. <laughs> Ah, adults, adults. <laughs> yep. who could actually afford it. Yep. <laughs> that is the majority. Like, most of my friends don't play video games. Uh-huh. What? Mm-hmm. And we got to be this children thing. It's not a children thing. And I cartoons. And cartoons. I love cartoons. I don't care what nobody says. Anime, anything, anything <laughs> that has art to it, I am all in 100%. But I don't know, man. Like, again, this whole pedophilia thing, I think I do understand the basis of which what they're saying. It's not that I'm completely... Because I know that there's a great... There's a great part of the population. Not a great, but there's a part of the population that have these feelings and they are struggling with them with no help. Because from the time they mention it, like, what they will face is basically the happenstance. Or you, they'll face the public 
retort. And yeah. it's, it's usually violent. It's very... It's very non-progressive. Nobody's going to try to help you as a pedophile. Like, if you're a pedophile, they have you to die, really. But, I mean, there are there are options available. I just don't think they should make it a sexual orientation. Agreed. They I could don't do all so, this yeah. stuff because I, I was looking at this show and what they did, they allowed, they sent this guy to therapy. Mm-hmm. So he was free to talk about all of what he was feeling to the extent that he doesn't cause any physical harm to the, the minor children that he would think about. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that, that's an avenue that's available. Maybe they should make, make it available publicly for free because some people can't afford therapy. They can't afford it, no. So find a way to integrate it into society so that these people could feel comfortable. Because I think once you deal with the why behind it, you could probably help them. Mm-hmm. They could probably be better. But, I mean, I don't think you should shun them. I don't, think, I, don't think you, I don't think you... I don't think it would help to, to, to shun anybody. Yeah, with any it feelings. happens. It, it does because our society doesn't accept, and it's amazing that we accept rapists, but we don't accept. Right. We accept rapists, man. Like that, that actually have done stuff, but people would have thought. And and people yeah, will come people forward and they'll thought. be like, they would dismantle. Like I know of mothers who would tell their children their lie. Like a child will come and say, "Well, Tom touched me." Uh, Tom does. Tom does make me feel bad, and they'll be like, "Gosh, Tom don't do that." Yeah, and that's that's it. my mom is like, anybody ever do anything to you that you think is not what it's supposed to be? You come and tell me. Whatever we told her, she believed. Like that. That's one of the things that I love about my mom. She believed everything that so you I told used her. To lie to Anzo, uh? Tell her. Tell her. No, no. And carry carry the past in the back to no. her. So the past to touch me. No. He touched my private spots. <laughs> but you need to you need to create an environment where children feel of comfortable. Course. And it, it happens too often where children actually muster the courage to say, Ex- or, or my uncle did this to me, and then you're going to just say, oh, well, no. No, that ain't true. I know him. He wouldn't do something. Like, why would you, you believe? And the thing is, children are so honest. Yeah. Like, almost every time, whatever they whatever it's, whatever's on their mind, they see it. They don't care about the repercussions. They don't care how you feel. They just say whatever. So, like, if a child says something like that, so that that's something you should actually consider. That's a big deal. You should actually think, why would he say something like that? Why would she say that if it's not true? You should actually take time. Children to, are right too. Yeah, Children I know, right but, but not with not certain things. Trauma. Not with trauma. Not with certain when, things. When, when a child feels uncomfortable, if and especially if you allow them to, because the after you shut them down over yeah, and over, they're the, going to stop saying. Yeah, they're going to stop Is talking. Is that has happened to us, you know, as black people, you know? I'm sorry yeah. to say it. It's true. Is that has happened to us? We, what, what happens is we, we don't, we're not born with that shutting attitude. But we parents, they make it known that we don't want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we end up not, act, like, if you go to a school and you do a presentation, and ask if anybody has any questions. Mm. You will not get one question. Not in an all-black school. <laughs> you won't get any questions. Why? Yeah. It's not because the children don't have questions. It's not because some of the children don't have questions. But we're not taught to be overt. We're not taught to be articulate. We're not taught that we, our thoughts have meaning or purpose. Yeah. We just kind of thought that you're a child and you should shut up when you're own adults. And do what they and say. And do what they say yeah. and sit down and, and don't make any noise and all that. So it's always hard to sit down, shut up, sit down, shut up. You go to school, you can't ask. You, like, when have you ever asked your parent or your guardian, where am I going to school? I wonder if I asked. I don't know. I can't remember. You went through preschool well, you probably went to nursery school, preschool, mm-hmm. primary school, high school, college, university. 
or university college interchangeable, whichever mm. one you want to call right? Mm. When have you when have you ever asked your parents why did they send you to school? Not I don't where even, are I you? don't even think I did. Nobody I don't nobody think does. I did. Why? Because we don't train our children, we don't train the public to ask questions. So yeah. when we are perfect workers, you know, mm-hmm. like when you look at the Caribbean. What you think they used, they, they, they raised us to be this way. Yeah, that's They true. want us to be doers and not askers. They don't want us to think about why we're doing things. If, if a child asks a parent, why, not, why am I going to school? Because you could tell me everybody has to go to school. Yeah. Why are you sending me to school? You know the parent can tell them? <laughs> because they're certain, that's what you're supposed to yeah, do. Nobody ever so. asks. Yeah. Nobody ever asks, mm. like, why, why, why? Education is key, Why? How come you could be educated and still poor? Yep. How come you have the richest man, I think, in, in, uh, in South Korea, is he fell out of school, he fell out of school in, right before he was 16 or something like that. The richest person in South Korea. Okay. Yeah, fell out of school before he was 16. He's the richest man. So with all the educated people, mm-hmm. they know we are close to him. Why is that? And I think sometimes we also like, because we kill our children young, when I say kill them, we kill the aptitude to, to, to relinquish information and to be honest about their feelings and to socially gel that way, like so, be socially advanced. We kill, the, we kill them because we do that. They don't have the interpersonal skills when it comes to dealing with other ethnicities. They don't have, we don't have the kind of boldness that other ethnicities have. You talk to a Chinese man and he know what he about and if he ain't really want to hear what you have to say, then he cutting you off and he moving mm. on. You talk to a Caucasian, similarly. You talk to an Indian, similar. Yeah. They know what they're about. Yeah. They, you can't talk differently. You can't flip-flop them and you can't convince them to do things that they don't want to do or they don't see it in their best interest to do. But black people are those things that are not in our best interest all the time. Yeah. In the Caribbean, it's like we don't work for people who don't give a crap about us. We keep working for them. We because don't start we a new industry. <laughs> we don't support an industry that has our faces on it. Why? We have no identity whatsoever. And we're comfortable that way. Comfortable. <laughs> yep. Comfortable. We're yeah. happy with the dregs. We don't start new businesses. We don't collaborate together. because We like to fight down each other. That's but that's thing. a lie too. And, and you hear that all the time. But Don't, it's true. But that's I the thing. See it. We make it true. That's, that's what's happening. There's no reason why me and you can't work together and conquer this world. And bring Absolutely up, and no bring reason. And bring up everybody around us. It ain't, ain't got a reason why Guyana, St. Kitts, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, the Grenadines, Trinidad and Tobago, Barbados. And there's no reason why all of us can band together as one economy and say, hey, look, we will run this yeah, entire thing. Yeah, but the thing. system is, is set up in such a way that it makes it impossible. The system set up in such a way, but who the system came mm-hmm. from? Did we did we create the system? I don't feel yeah, like I mean, I we didn't it. create the system, but, but how do we change it? it? But that's the thing, we don't change it. When you say things like, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's, you, what you feel... Let me, let me not alienate you. Mm. I feel the same way. Don't mm. get me wrong. I'm, on, I'm talking ideologically. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. I feel for everybody, for all these island chains to come together as one force. It seems like an impossible task to me. It does. Mm-hmm. I'm not even joking. It's true. Right? 
But at the same time, why does it feel like an impossible task to me? Because that's how we are conditioned to feel. We are separated by miles of water, not even hundreds of miles. Like sometimes 20, 30, 40 miles. Yeah. And between that, we can... Is a completely different country? Basically, it's all about the mindset of the people. You can't really change the system if the people think the same way. But the people think that way because somebody influenced them. Yeah, but even when, even when we're giving, given the information on how we could go about making that change, we still choose to stick to what we know. Because comfort is, is exactly. more, comfort is I mean, more <laughs> alluring than change. Gosh. But at the same time, it's not, we think it's impossible, but it's really not impossible. I don't think it's impossible. You know what's funny? What's funny is that the people who are in charge right now, they are going... And I've said this on this podcast before. They're going to die. Yes. And, and, and as much as it sounds bleak, it's, so, it's the best thing yes, that could I ever agree. happen. And they are going to get old. They are mm-hmm. going to not be able to function. And then it's going to be our turn. It's yeah. already started. Yeah, it's already that's, begun. Like, that's how I think. It's going to be because our you can't really, turn. Because you can't really... Tr- you can't really get them to change they've it's already ingrained in them what they think what they do what they know and no no amount of talking no amount of you trying to to show them well this could be different it doesn't help young and god get rid of them yes and they and we will can't get go. rid of them <laughs> and it's difficult it could get rid of them it might take a little bit of effort some of us gonna starve to death but for the cause but still beyond beyond that time changes things because things now are much well yeah <laughs> I'm going to say it and nobody's going to agree, but things now are much better than when my father was at IU. When my father was at my age, it was much, much worse. Like the access that he had to knowledge, information, money was much more restricted and constricted Mm -hmm. than now. Yeah, that's true. We have have the ability to create our own businesses now. Mm-hmm. You do you realize how powerful that is? Like you could just literally go down and pay them a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, and start your own business. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all. The barrier <laughs> to entry is two hundred dollars. Yeah. Whereas before the barrier to entry was never mm-hmm. you. You're too poor. You can't run a business. But no, we could run a business. Yeah. We could sell services. We could get good at doing something over the internet. And really, the barrier for entry is the law. Yeah. Yet America is becoming more and more monopolistic as we go. Like the capitalism that they believe in ain't real. You know how much mergers happened in the last um, 10 years? Mm-hmm. Like companies merging together. Big companies, instead of competing, they just come together and create one conglomerate. Mm-hmm. That is not capitalism. You know? That is a, monopoly, that is a m- monopoly-driven culture. Yeah. When Facebook and Amazon own everything... everything like, how are how we going to get competition when them they own? Mm-hmm. One true. person own everything. Mm-hmm. We can't have no competition. We can't. How we ain't get, and, and the people suffer. And the people, gonna, if you're going to suffer because then there's only one place to work. Yep. You have no choice but to go there. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, that's the intention. That's yeah. why I would like to see the stabilized. If they, if, they, if they kill me, then you know why. <laughs> I don't believe in one. I don't believe in one company ruling them out no. i think it's it's it stagnates innovation it stops competition which benefits everybody yeah. the competition actually benefits everybody yeah propels them to be better and do better it and does. then the the citizens and the consumers get better treatment as a result and they get more empowered yeah and once they get more empowered again they sign on because i feel better giving my money to a company 
Not just because it's cheap, but because I feel like the company consistently wants to do better. If there's no competition, who is driving it? Mm. There's no drive for innovation. Yeah. There's like, why we don't need to release this? It's like an Apple iPhone. You don't need to be better. Why? <laughs> They're going to buy it anyway. Yep. We're going to just repeat the same. We're going to change the cameras around so that you can't use the same case. We're going to just, we're going to make the, the, the lightning cable different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're going to say we're on a headphone jack on this one. <laughs> We're going to say that the screen looks better even though we can't tell the difference. Yeah. You know, you know, we reached a point in phones that we can't tell the difference. We cannot. Like, people still buy the newest one. They buy the newest one, but you can't. Like, they, it's like, but I can't tell the difference. The screen, this screen and this screen look almost identical to me. Yep. But anyway, Sherry, I want to say thank you so much for being a part of the show. I know, I know, I know it, does, it didn't feel like, did it feel like you were on a show? Uh, no. See? <laughs> I was right. Ha ha ha. The ha. second time today. So you see, in one, I see that's from the one. I think this is the only way we're going to discuss things. <laughs> we're going to discuss things, but you coming on the show, and then you ain't going to be as violent. I'll still send you the message. You know, I was actually looking, but there's Jesus. so much to go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them conversations will be kind of long. Because mm. it'll be like, Sherry, but you're wrong, Sherry. You know, that's not the only way to think about it. But anyway, guys, you've been listening to Objectively Incorrect. We had Cheryl, Stuart Ben. Do I call you Stuart Ben or just call you? Yeah. Yeah. We had Sherid. <laughs> I'm butchering him. <laughs> we had Sherry Stuart Ben on the show today, and she was awesome. Guys, as usual, my name is Stephen Smith. Thank you guys so much for listening, and peace with your insights.